SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. Matt Miguez here. It is the end of October. Conference football is about to ramp up big time as, as we go down the November stretch. Joining me, as he always does every week, is our Georgia Southern guy, Mr. Brian Stone. Brian, you know, Halloween is usually the weekend that you guys at Georgia Southern play app. This year was a little different. Um, for some reason, you guys decided to play app last game of the year, Thanksgiving weekend. Wasn't my decision. Well, it wasn't your decision, <laughs> but, you know, the, the collective... The collective fan base, along with App State's fan base. But obviously, you know, sitting here October 27th, you are not in the position that you want to be in as a Georgia Southern fan. No, I mean, I, I've i said this on previous podcasts. I don't, I don't, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I mean, their season's done. Like, there's, I can't be, I, I want to talk about it for like 20 minutes. I can't be more concise than that. Like the season's over. So everyone pack your bags. We'll go take our lumps the last like six games of the year or five games of the year or whatever. He said and then we'll, we'll pack it in, hire a new head coach and then start again in 2022. He said, let's move on. I mean, I, I, I know that like, we're on this podcast to talk about football, but specifically like, I don't, nothing's changed in 16 days. I don't, I said this to you before we started recording, like I'm never going to pick them for the rest of 2021 to win a single game because there's not a game on their schedule that I feel confident that they're going to win. So I will pick them to lose out. And, uh, it is what it is. Let's talk about the rest of the Sun Belt. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's talk about the rest of the Sun Belt. We'll start last Wednesday. Um, God, App State beat Coastal. App so, State beat Coastal. I have one thing that I want to say about this game. I thought the play calling by Chadwell was kind of weird. I don't know if you agree with that. Uh, in in that like, you know, the leading rusher for Coastal Carolina had thirty three yards in Reese White. Uh, they only threw the ball 23 times. Like you would think that they would pivot after be after a while and go, okay, running the ball isn't working. App State's shutting down the run. Maybe we should put the ball in the hands of McCall, but then it felt like they just kept running the ball and right. it didn't work. So like, I don't, I don't have an insight into the mind of what Jamie Chadwell was thinking. Um, I will say, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Um, you know, that, that Mountaineer that they were probably going to behead with a electric chainsaw after, if they had won, I'm sure is very happy, uh, because coastal has done some crazy things in celebrations of their wins. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought the play calling was weird and, uh, yeah, the, the play calling was odd. Um, just how it it seemed to me like Coastal kind of got conservative late in the game, and that's not what they usually do. No, and, and it feels like they have the pieces to kind of do whatever they want. Whatever they want. 
And it was weird to see I mean, them put themselves in a box. I mean, do you, you know do you I agree mean? with me when I say this that Coastal Carolina has the best tight end in college football? Yeah. They have yeah. the best tight end in college football. And I don't know and whether probably whether, a top five quarterback. And I yeah, and I don't know whether AF was like double covering likely or whatever, but I mean two catches for thirty two yards. I mean, I think yeah. he had caught what four touchdowns the week before or something right. like that. I I, yeah. I just felt like co- I mean Yes, App's defense, credit to them. They played great. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from them. They obviously rebounded from the Louisiana loss. However, Coastal's play calling, like it felt like they put themselves in a position where they were like, we're either going to run the ball or we're going to lose right. this game. And there's no, and it was like, well, why don't you just let McCall kind of throw the ball a little more? Nope, not going to do it. Yep, not going to happen. Yeah, it was an odd game. It was an odd feel to it. Uh, but as, Chase as a, Bryce played extremely out of his well. mind, played out of his mind, well. and then he kept the receipt. God, that <laughs> that Teddy Instagram mess. Oh, yeah. Teddy Gallagher. God, that dude. That dude digs himself in a hole, and then can't get his way out. You know who he reminds me of, and and you may not know this, but I live in Kentucky, so like this is going to be, I guess, a very insulated reference. But he reminds me of that Cash Daniel guy who was at Kentucky, yeah, the linebacker, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Reminds me of him, yeah. Where it's like Cash Daniel was talking all sorts of crap, and then they would lose to like Georgia, and then it was just radio silence, silence. Yeah, the whole, the whole. I don't know if you've noticed this, but ever since that game last Wednesday. The whole coastal fan base has been silent. Well, what are they going to say? I mean, other I mean, they, other than the conversations of of Southern Miss and Old Dominion joining the conference, which obviously we'll get into that here in a little bit. But yeah. other than talk, joining those conversations, coastal has been silent. Well, I mean, it, it, what are they going to say? Like, they need help to make the Sun Belt Championship game at this point. Like, another team has to beat App. And hand them a second conference loss. Yeah, so, they have to lose twice. Who? App would have to lose twice. No, they only have to lose one more time. I mean, provided that Costa wins out, I mean, because Costa well, lost to or uh, App lost to you guys. So they well, so yeah. two conference losses. I mean, if if Costa wins Coastal out, their schedule won. is yeah. very easy from here on out. Well, yeah, their whole if, schedule in general has been easy. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree. But if they win out the rest of the way and App right. finds a way to trip up and lose another game, then Coastal's right back where they started. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know what you what you would want to hear. I mean, I, I think the play calling was the reason they lost that game. I I mean, I to run disagree. the ball for less than two yards a carry and to run it, hold on, as a team twenty nine times and only throw the ball twenty three times, it felt like they couldn't get off the field fast enough. Yeah. yeah, hold on, real quick. Credit to Chase Bryce. Absolutely, yeah. I, 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 I shredded sure. him last week because he was bad. I mean, he was bad against Louisiana. What do you want me to say? Right. But I mean, he rebounded, like you said, kept the receipts. I mean, great. Stuff. He was he was all over Teddy Gallagher after that game. <laughs> great, great stuff. The very next night, Louisiana goes to Jonesboro to play Arkansas State. Why? Why do Cap we? Games. Why do we do this, man? Why do we do this? We play up to big games, and then we walk into the stadium of a team that is one in five and has the worst defense in America, and we go, "Oh, let's make them look decent." Keep in mind, this is a team 
albeit with a different quarterback, Georgia Southern beat by 26 like four weeks ago. Like, that's not helping. No no offense to you. No, guys, I'm, I'm not, not saying it's going to – I didn't say it was going to help, but the, the medicine tastes bad, but it's good for you. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. Because like, I've, I've said this time and time again. Chris Smith was good. Was he? He ran for 238. Well, I mean, yes, but he also fumbled twice. And yeah, dropped but, a mean, couple balls. And, 200 plus yards rushing. Well, no, no. I mean, I'm not trying to be nitpicky, but like <laughs> I, I said it, I said it on my on my UL podcast. That was probably the quietest 240 yards I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, because I mean, I, I'll say this: like Levi Lewis was what you were afraid of in this one. Versus, I mean, the way that he played against App, like. The stats didn't jump off the page, but if you watch that game, like he stretched the field, he kept App like off the line of scrimmage so that <laughs> Matt's Matt's miming himself just like hanging himself like right now. But yeah, but um, you know, Levi did exactly what you wanted him to do in that App game. He threw the ball deep enough, and even if the completions weren't there, like it opened up the rest of the field to run the ball and everything. And in this, it was just. It was ugly. There's no other way to slice it. I mean, he barely completed over 50% of his passes. Didn't even eclipse 125 yards in a pick. Uh, I've said the simplest way I can say, I can talk about this game is outside of Chris Smith and Montreal Johnson and a couple players on defense. We were bad. Yeah. We were just bad. Yeah. I mean, you talked about Levi Lewis, 11 to 20. 122 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Um, we fumbled the ball four times. Yeah. Four times. We only lost one of them, but we still won. Well, to, to, I'll say this. To throw the ball 20 times in a college football game and not get over 150 yards right. is tough. And then, defensively, our leading tackler only had seven tackles. Yeah. I mean, that that's a good night, but, you know, nowadays – especially against a, a team with the offense like Arkansas State has, if you don't have a linebacker getting 10 tackles, you know, like what? what? I mean, Lane Hatcher played well. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, relatively. Yeah, 16, 16 to 31, 300 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he should be the quarterback moving forward, but they're probably going to do something stupid like they have the last couple of years. And I mean, the only – the only place you can go into a rotation or, or just sit him all together. Once Blackman's together, the only place you can go is a true freshman. Cause I'm pretty sure that Blackman's done for the year. Okay. Well then, I mean, it has to be him. They might be better. Yeah. I don't understand how Lane Hatcher playing a quarterback improves the defense and holds you guys to 28 after allowing, what, 41 a game before this or something like that? Right, right. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, Arkansas State, they may be able to pull it together, but, I mean, even even with this close loss, like I said it last week, they, they've got to be the worst team in the Sun Belt at this point. Yeah, according to an Arkansas State beat writer, James Blackman is, quote, out indefinitely. Okay. So they're not saying well, for mean, the year, but... Indefinitely, I mean, that means not coming back anytime soon. 
Well, the guy who should have been quarterback all along is going to play quarterback. All right. He should have been the starter from game one. <laughs> like all the reasons uh, you read that whole post like a couple weeks ago that I mm-hmm. sent you. I mean, all the reasons they had for him not playing quarterback were, I don't know, quite frankly, BS to me. Like right. I, 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 I didn't hear a good reason other than like, well, he has some balls batted down at line scrimmage. Just like, okay, who who doesn't? <laughs> Tom Tom Brady has balls batted down at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, like, it's like it's like. Yeah, there are quarterbacks that are six six that have the ball batted down at the line of scrimmage. Like, wait, that's called a good play by the D line. Yeah, if they throw for three hundred and three touchdowns, like, what are you complaining about? God, if you get that every week, yeah, I mean, what what are you mad for? But but that was the thing. So like, even if you went back and and looked at the stats for the Georgia Southern Arkansas State game, like the majority of their scores came when Lane Hatcher Lane played was in the game, the second yeah. half, and then in the first half it was when. Blackman threw three picks and like one got returned for a touchdown. It was like, yeah, that was how the game got out of hand. Like it was close. And then all right. of a sudden it wasn't anymore. You yep. know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I've said from the get go, the lane hatcher should have been anytime you have a kid that learned under Nick Saban for any period of time, unless he is just an absolute trash athlete, he needs to be in on your team in the game, making an impact. Yeah, I, 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 th- I mean, I think the my hypothesis has, uh, I mean, it has to be right, right? Like the fact that like Blackman was a transfer and like Butch Jones probably like was like, if you come, you're the starting quarterback, no questions right. asked. Because like, what what else was the explanation? What else could there have been? Yeah, for sure. If you watch those two guys, unless unless Hatcher is just absolutely atrocious in practice, like what what would the reason be? As soon as you put both of them into a game and Hatcher throws two touchdowns and Blackman struggles the whole first half, like what Right. What what else could the explanation be other than well I promised this guy he was gonna start and I saw what happened to this team last year where we, we did the dual quarterback system and nobody could agree. Yeah, dual two Nick say again. I keep bringing up Nick Saban, but he put it perfectly. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Uh-huh. You have none. I will say that until I'm blue in the face. Moving on to the Saturday games, Georgia State. I mean, the scoreboard doesn't necessarily show it, but Texas Texas State got dominated. Yeah, by the Panthers. Well, the weird thing was at halftime it was fourteen thirteen. And and it was as close as it could be. And then all of a sudden, you know, Georgia State scores two touchdowns and Texas State did nothing offensively the rest of the game. So, I mean, I think they – I guess they found their quarterback in Darren Granger. Um, he seems to be a better passer than Quad Brown was. You know, I, I guess the system that they're running now is a better fit for Granger and what he does than Quad Brown. So – Quad Brown, come on down! Like right. <laughs> you're going to a different team next year. Yeah, you're you're transferring, and apparently, so is Destin Coates. I, I don't know, man. I read they, I read that he this? entered the portal today. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. I I remember last year them having a, a running back rotation similar to Louisiana, where it was like every week they had a different leading rusher. Right now. They, they clearly rode with Tucker Gregg in this one, you know, 21 carries 115. But I mean, 
the guy was consistent, you know, five and a half yards to carry. His longest run was only 21 yards, so it wasn't like he busted off of an 80-yarder and then did nothing the rest of the game. Right, right. So they have, a, they have a pretty good stable of running backs, and, you know, um, I'm looking at it here. Brady McBride kind of put up a Brady McBride stat line, like, weirdly enough. Um, anytime you see a guy who throws the ball, like, almost 50 times and completes, like, half of them, uh, and doesn't throw any touchdowns. That's Brady McBride's stat line. Yeah, that seems to be the the um, what's the word I'm looking for? That that seems to be the idea. Uh, Brady McBride's an interesting specimen. Um, would would be the phrase that I want to use because you know you you just brought it up. He always has good numbers until you get. To the touchdown interception line, but it but it's like a volume shooter in basketball. Like it's like if you shoot the ball forty times in a game, yeah, you should have twenty five points. You know what right. I mean? Like, and that's yeah. kind of what it seems like. I mean, he threw the ball forty seven times and threw for two hundred and fifty five yards. That's a fair point. <laughs> so it's so it's like point. it's like just a volume stat, and and I, I find myself doing this with with Texas State every week where. I look at the stats and I'm going, I'm going down the list of, of statistics, you know, passing, rushing, like all that kind of stuff and going, where did they get their points? Right. Because like, you'll go down the list and go, well, they had one offensive touchdown and it was Brady McBride running. Uh, where did the rest of the point, where did the other nine blocked, points come from? <laughs> a blocked punt that was lateraled and then fumbled picked up by the opposing team and ran in for a touchdown out the back of the end zone. Yeah. And it, and it's so weird because it's points. like stuff like that I feel like happens to Texas State almost every week. Every week. Every week. And then it's like backyard football. The the last game from last weekend, Brian, you're going to have to talk about this one. No, you're going to have to help out. I mean, we need to have we nope. This is like muting we, muting my microphone. Son, son, we need to have the talk. Muting my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll get into it. Uh UL Monroe defeats South Alabama 41-31. Um I don't feel like I'm going out on a on a limb. Matt's once again hanging himself. Uh, I, I I don't feel like I'm going out on a limb saying this. I feel like Chandler Rogers just needs to be their quarterback moving forward. Yeah, I think they found their guy. Yeah, he's good. Uh, he's and, good. And uh, I said this going into last week's game. I said this is the gut check game for UL Monroe for me. Because I was like, I wouldn't pick this game if you put a gun to my head. But if they win this game outright, we have to start acknowledging that they're going to be something. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be a great team because they they waited way too long to get this momentum started. Right. But they're not going to be the you know bottom of the Sun Belt every year or whatever. Hot so, take. You ready for this hot take? Right. They beat LSU. I don't know. They LSU did LSU. this weird thing. LSU did this weird thing where they announced they were firing Orgeron, and then they immediately upset Florida. So I'm like, usually a team like that gives up on their head coach. They did the opposite. Well, they went they and played they harder. Didn't, they didn't announce the Orgeron news until the day after Florida. I thought it was the week uh-uh. before they played Florida. Uh-uh. It was the day after. 
Okay. It was the well, day after because a lot of people, I, I remember a lot of people that I talked to, they really thought they went over Florida, saved O's job. <laughs> and then the next day the news came out that he wasn't going to return. Well, I mean, that'll do it. Uh, so, But ULM, I mean, South Alabama coming into this game, I think was giving up 305, 310 yards a game. ULM put up 555 on them. That's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, That's I disgusting. said this, you know, Chandler Rogers, 369 and four touchdowns, zero picks. Horrible. Matt, I know you don't like talking about it. Horrible. We, we, we got to start giving them props. We fans. do. Like, we do. God dang it. ULM. What did you, what it, tell, tell the, tell the uh, listening audience what you said about Terry Bowden before we started recording. When he, the day, the day he got hired, knowing his lineage and what he's done in his career, especially when he brought in Rich Rodriguez as his offensive coordinator. I knew that he was going to turn Monroe around. However, you and I agreed consensusly. We didn't know it was going to be year one. And, and I mean, even turnaround is relative. I mean, winning four games is a hell of an accomplishment this year. Compared to what they've been. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I, I think that maybe, maybe I understated it a little bit last week. I mean, Richrod almost went to the national championship game at West Virginia. Yeah. Like, they were, what, one Pat McAfee kick away from beating, what was that game, Pitt or something? Yeah. They, some, they lost 12 like to that. 9 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they were very Pat close McAfee. to, they were close to going to the national championship game at what a, West Virginia. What a guy. I love, I love Pat McAfee. But, I mean, you know, I think I think you know the the more I went back and actually listened to the last week's episode that we did. I do think that the AD did a heck of a job hiring two guys that are not going to be pruned for many because no yeah, one's yeah. going to look at them as like up and comers. Like they're, they're like oh they're both washouts. They're both on the backside of their career. They're both yeah. they're going to stay at Monroe until it's time to retire. And. They're both going to bring Monroe success, and that scares the ever-living bejesus out of me. And what if Bowden retires and just hands the keys to Richrod? Scares me even more. Yeah, I mean... That scares that, me real, even more. There's a real chance that and, and Bowden too. Bowden just sits there in his desk and looks over the Cane River and goes, I'm tired. Rich, you got this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, crap. Yeah, you get like a Joe Moglia, uh, Jamie Chadwell situation. Crap. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying they're they're especially, ever be what coastal is, but especially still. if Baton Rouge A and M takes Napier, and if Baton Rouge takes Napier, and then Monroe hands the keys to Rich Rod, I'm gonna be like, crap. <laughs> Monroe's about to be the best team in the Sun Belt, and uh, we're just I'm not sitting going here far. like. Okay, well, let me let me. They would take our spot. Let's. I don't know, man. It, it all depends on who you hire. I mean, you could, you know, Arkansas State for a while was on a run of just replacing their incredibly successful head coaches with like Malzahn, Harson, like up, up until like Blake Anderson's last couple of years. I mean, they were 
they were just replacing these guys left and right with guys that were like way, way overqualified and like just crushed it. So, I mean, it depends if you nail your next hire, like you may be looking for a new coach in a couple of years, but that's a good thing. If you're still successful now, if you're looking for your next head coach in two years, because that guy washed out, like, yeah, that's a problem, obviously. Um, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't think that they're going to overtake, you know, coastal or whatever, but I mean, if they're a seven and five team, that's got to be like a huge win for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in anything for, from Monroe's standpoint, anything bowl eligible, um, for the next, you know, five years is impressive just considering, you know, where they were. Uh, but man, if you go, if you can win, if you win seven games and get bowl eligible this year, Jesus Christ, Terry Bowden might win coach of the year. Yeah. He might win coach of the uh, year. Yeah. I, I, and, I and, don't he would, think... and he would deserve it. Uh, so they were what? Owen 12 last year. Yeah. And I don't even think like that record as bad as it is paints how bad of a team they were. You know and, what I mean? And, like, because there have been zero and twelve teams that were like competitive and like were in games. That team last year was not in almost any game they played all year. Right. And you know so where? Like, you know where Matt Vietar is now? At home. ULM's old coach Matt Vietar. Yeah. No, he's on our staff. Mm. He's he's here in Lafayette. Fetching water. I don't to be to be one hundred percent honest with you. I'm not even sure what his exact title is. Analyst. Well, uh, this article refers to him as a quality control staff member. So yes, so, an analyst. Yeah, so he's an analyst. He watches tape and then makes notes and hands them to uh, Napier. Right. And Napier right. goes, "Thank you, Matt," and pats him on the head and like tosses his hair <laughs> good, like he's a child. Good boy. Yeah, good boy. That's what we pay you the small bucks for. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god let's can we can we please get to this week's games sure um, we'll start with tomorrow night's game troy coastal carolina six thirty, espn 2 from brooks stadium in myrtle beach coastal minus 17 and a half i mean i've got coastal straight up yeah now 17 is a lot, but I think you have to take into account like how mad they're going to be after losing last week. Coastal covers. But, what, but I need to add this caveat. like Troy's got a pretty good defense. So they just, their, their problem is they can't score points. McCall, so, throws, McCall throws for 350 and five touchdowns, two of them to Isaiah Likely. Coastal covers. think so? Oh, yeah. Like like what, you said, what, what dude, do you it, think the final score is going to be? Oh God, um, fifty three fourteen. Dude, this is going to be this I is going to be a like, very similar scenario to App and Coastal. Coastal is I going was, to be livid. I was thinking like forty one twenty one. Nope, I wouldn't even give Troy twenty one points. Nope, Coastal is going to wreck there. They have a whole lot of anger. And it's no, it's nothing personal against Troy. Troy's just going to be the one in the way. And Troy's on the train tracks. Yep, it's it's going to be what it's going to be. No, oh, dude, Coastal's going to wreck them. 
yeah. it's going to be bad. Yeah, I, I think Coastal wins straight up. I think 17 is tricky, though. Like, you could get into a situation where Coastal puts the backups in and Troy scores, like, a couple of garbage time scores. Yeah. And then, and then you're like, why was this game within 14 points? Right. And it's like, the, well, the they one, scored two touchdowns with four minutes the, left. The, the people that don't watch the game, well, that was closer than it should have been. Well, what you don't know is that Grayson McCall was taking an ice bath halfway through the fourth quarter. Yeah. Why was the final score 42-28? Well, it was 41-14 until nine minutes left in the game. Right. And Chadwell <laughs> said, good boy. Yeah. Go, go take a seat. <laughs> go take a seat. You're done. Um, Saturday, four games on the slate. We'll start with Texas State and Louisiana, 11 a.m. I don't know if you can tell in my voice. I'm not very happy about it. Those are brutal. I, I can't believe that they do those to the central time so, time zone teams. So homecoming. So Saturday's our homecoming game. Right. Um, homecoming is always at four o'clock. Okay. That is just, that is the time, I guess, because of the week. So normally our home games are at six. Yeah. And then we put homecoming at four because of the longer halftime show. Okay. Um, and so we've always played homecoming at four. But this week, or actually it was last week, we got the phone call from ESPN that they needed a game for ESPNU, and they decided to pick us, and so we were playing at 11 a.m. What a weird game for ESPNU. No, I mean, no offense. Well, like, it's no, a weird right. opponent it, for you guys it's a to weird, be playing. It's a weird, it's weird. It's a weird situation. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of Cajun fans, again, at homecoming is always at 4 o'clock. So the game being at 11, a lot of people are not happy about it. But, you know. The the thing that that I've that I've told a lot of people is that in order to grow the brand, not only of the Louisiana brand but just the Sun Belt brand in general, you have to take every TV opportunity you get. You got to come on ESPN calls. You can't say no. Yeah, you can't. Um, no. And so if they say eleven a.m., you say we'll be there at ten. Right. And so I mean, it just it is what it is. Uh, the line is currently at UL minus 21 and a half. Nope. I think that is way too it. high. Way too high. Can't do it. And, I'm, and I'm the play, Cajun. I'm the Cajuns guy, and that's way yeah. too high. You guys play to your level of competition. If you play I'm, Coastal I'm, or Louisiana, I'm right there with you. I'm if feeling a 35-24 game. 35-24? Yeah. Yeah, that, I that's what I'm thinking. I think, it, I think that, that final score last week with Georgia State and Texas State is going to be close to what this one is, 28-16, somewhere around there. Somewhere. Yep. 28-17 maybe is the final. Um, you guys play up to your competition. You play down to your competition as evidenced by games against Nichols State, Georgia Southern, you know, all that stuff. Like, it. Yeah, and, it, and it's like last week, Arkansas State, like it, it's like very evident that uh, I don't know what it is. Especially I don't know that how Nichols game. do this. Huh? Man, that Nichols game hurt me. Yeah, like I don't know what it is about teams like this. Like I would almost love to have like a, a HBO uh, Hard Knocks and just yeah. figure out like what is going on when you have a good team that can't beat a bad team the, by like three scores. The Amazon series All or Nothing. All or nothing, yeah. yeah. That's another have, one. Have, have, them, um, have them show up to Lafayette. That'd be interesting. 
but I'm, but I'm just like, what is, what happens to mentally? Because especially from last year to this year, like you guys were crushing bad teams last year. Everybody. Yeah, and, and it's just so weird this year to be like, well, we have a very experienced senior-laden team with an experienced head coach, and we've got Arkansas State by one point. Well, you know, not having a guy named Elijah Mitchell really hurts. No, I get I get um, that, and I finally got you to admit it. I've which, been asking you multiple weeks. I said, how much does it hurt to not have Elijah Mitchell? And oh, it, it's, gone, it's, it's eh, huge. It's not that big of a deal. Christmas, no, it's, you it's, know what? it's huge. <laughs> it, it's totally huge. I mean, God, look what he did to the Packers. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's huge. I mean, he ran for 100 yards last Sunday night in, like, a downpour. Yeah. They got, like, two inches of rain, and he Dude, ran for 100 he had, yards. He had 60 yards and a score on the opening drive. Mm-hmm. The, the, and, and people sit there and realize, oh, you know, th- this kid's great. Was he, like, a second-round draft pick? No, a sixth-rounder. I feel like we. I could do an entire sixty-minute podcast, six though. Rounder, but I could do an entire sixty-minute oh, podcast on how on all, on the, how, all uh, the day three picks that have just turned into studs. No, not even that. Like how Kyle Shanahan just throws p- picks in the garbage the way oh. he did with Trey Sermon. Yep. I feel like I could do sixty minutes on that. Like yeah. <laughs> just be like, let's look at this pick. Oh, where did this guy go? Oh, he's unemployed. He's stocking yeah. shelves where, in the supermarket. Where are now. they now? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. And he's doing the same thing to Trey Sermon. He's doing the same thing with Brandi Ayuk. Uh, it's really weird. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, closer closer than the, the experts suggest. Uh, give me Texas State plus 21, plus 21 and a half, whatever the line is. But the Cajuns win. Yeah, they they win, but it's just like Not it, it makes you half, feel right? bad about it. Right. ULM App State. This one's tricky. Yeah, it is tricky. It's yeah. in Boone. Yeah. Which I think which gives makes a, it even which worse. Gives, which gives a large advantage to App, in in my opinion. Um, the weather probably won't be that great. I, I don't know. You probably know a little more than me about what the... According, this says... According to AccuWeather, it's going to be 49 and partly sunny. Yeah, at 3.30. That's cold. It's App, Boone, baby. At minus twenty seven. I wouldn't touch this line nope. with a ten foot pole. Way too high. No, it's not even that. It's like I could see this going either way. Oh, that too. I, I could see. Too. I could see a twenty seven thirteen final score with App winning, and I could also see, you know, Georgia State a couple weeks ago beat ULM fifty five twenty one. I could see that too. I'm cheering for App for the rest of the year though, because I want to host the conference championship game. Hundred percent, and not play coastal. So, well, if you guys don't lose, you host anyway, because you don't have a conference loss. Oh, that's a good point. So if you if you don't, even if you guys lose and like, well, no, I see. Well, no, because if because if this is what's interesting to me. This is what's interesting to me. If you say you guys dropped a conference game, you're still going to the conference title game. There's no question about that. But. If App drops another game and Coastal wins the East, you guys don't play each other. So how do they figure out who hosts? It Higher would, ranking? It, it would go by overall record. But if you guys are both 11 and 1, how do you figure out who hosts? There's no head-to-head. 
you you play common yeah, opponents. You would probably like, you'd probably go ranking. But even but what if Coastal drops out of the top twenty five? Then it's like what well, do you base that if on? Coastal, like, if Coastal drops out of the top twenty five, we're in because on the AP, on last week this past week's AP poll we were twenty seventh. Okay. So if they would drop I out, I think you guys host regardless. I think, I, I think even be, if you dropped a game, you would host. Well, not if we dropped a game, no, because then we'd be a two-loss team. But it, but it only matters in conference losses. It doesn't matter that you guys lost. The well, Texas. if we well well, say say you both have one conference loss. Yeah, the next tiebreaker would be overall record. If they're only a one-loss team. They would have, and we're. You mean you're taking if Coastal wins the conference, right? Right. If Coastal would win the East, and then we drop a game between now and the end of the year, Coastal would host, not us. Okay. All because right. we would be a two-loss team, and they would only have I, one. I, I don't see you guys losing a conference game. I think the rest of a the conference year, game, so no, I, no. Um, I could see us losing Liberty though. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it could happen, but it also, like, that game is almost like an exhibition. Yep. Like, it's it, it, it really doesn't matter for either team. No. Like, Liberty kind of screwed the pooch uh, when they lost to ULM. Like, they're not going to really be doing anything uh, bowl-wise, not, right. not like they were last year. And, and you guys, if you lose, like, whatever, you still host the Sun Belt title game probably. Right. So, it, Arkansas, it is what it is. Arkansas State, South Alabama, 4 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. Uh, this game will be in Mo- Mobile. Mobile. Uh, South Alabama minus nine. I think I'll yeah. take South Alabama minus nine. I'll take that. Um, South I, Alabama's I to, South Alabama's passing game is too good. I would love to have a concise like breakdown of what South Al- or uh, Arkansas State is like, against the spread. Like I would love to have like a spreadsheet that's like here were the spreads for this game. Here's where they covered because like I guarantee their coverage percentage has so to be like very low. They're four and three against the spread. I still don't feel great. I I, I don't like them in any game where they're less than double digit favorites yep. or underdogs. I mean, right? Like they they shouldn't be within probably fourteen points of any team in the Sun Belt. Like, I hate to say that, but it is what it is. I mean, maybe ULM, you could make an argument, would play them within two touchdowns, but right. not not any solid team in the Sun Belt, right. you know? So. Yeah, I, I would take South Alabama in that game. And then the last one, uh, you'll be able to shed some light on this one, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, 5 p.m. ESPN Plus from Paulson Stadium, Georgia State minus six and a half. I think Georgia State wins and and covers. I I don't feel comfortable. I will not pick Georgia Southern straight up or against the spread against any team they play for the rest of this year. I can't. Like in good conscience, I can't. Like I I don't even I don't even see the value in like trying to like you know be a sunshine pumper. Like there there's just there's nothing to latch on to. Yeah, I mean, so, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I, I I think Georgia State wins that game also. Um, they have a quarterback. They have a head coach. That's two more things than we have. 
I mean, I'm serious. Like they they know who their quarterback is. It's Darren Granger. They know their head coaches. We right. we have neither of those things. We have an interim, and we have a, a two quarterback system that is like juggling chainsaws. Yeah, yeah. So last last thing we need to cover before we get out of here tonight, conference realignment is just getting very insane, um, and the Sun Belt has started to benefit from it. Two teams have officially announced that they are joining the Sunbelt Conference, Southern Miss and Old Dominion. Um, I think both of these programs add a benefit to the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, Southern Miss brings a great um, baseball program. They bring great facilities to the conference uh, and a crazy fan base. Mm-hmm. Man, they have a rabid fan base. Um, and we, then I, I I know you'll agree with this. We need more fan bases, and no no disrespect to the rest of the teams in the conference. We need more fan bases that are very much invested, sure. especially like in football, sure. because we have a lot of fan bases in this conference that I've never heard fans from. Right? Like, I mean, no offense. Like, I've never heard from a ULM fan. Right? Like, I just haven't. Like, I I. I Social media, like well, 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 there aren't ma- there aren't many. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying is like even e- you would think like they would get more right. like vocal now that they're like something, and Having it's like I still haven't heard from one yep. the entire time that we've been in the conference, which has been going on seven years. Like I've never really heard anything from a ULM fan, right? And then and so, like. I would like a more vocal fan for base sure. To, to I mean that just sure. that that just creates more, you know, to a rivalry perspective. I mean, I know that Southern Miss is going to be a huge ad for the conference, but man, it's a huge get for Louisiana. Mm-hmm. That instantly gives the Cajuns a geographic rival that is not so much in football, but other sports. On, on an even playing field and just two rabid fan bases. So we, uh, uh, I know we probably have to assume that other teams are entering the conference. Yes. Um, yes. So we, we they're going to have to do a whole realignment, right? So like geographically. So what I've been hearing, and obviously this is all rumors, this is all hearsay at this point. Um, I have heard that Old Dominion was the last hurdle to get through for the Sun Belt because uh, the other big school that, Mar- that the Sun Belt was trying to get is Marshall. Yep. And the rumors that I have heard was that Marshall, Old Dominion, and James Madison were basically a package deal. Yeah. I, what I heard, and th- this is all like hearsay, obviously, it was that. Marshall told the Sunbelt if they didn't invite or get Old right. Dominion and James Madison, they weren't, they weren't coming. coming. Yeah. So what I've heard from a bunch of people that I trust is that as soon as the Sunbelt got one of them, they were all three coming. Okay. So from what I can put together, Marshall and James Madison seems like only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I've read on social media, Marshall is announcing their new university president tomorrow, uh, which was one thing that was kind of standing in their way of finally making that decision. Right. Uh, so hopefully, you know, tomorrow, Friday, maybe even early next week, you hear something from the Marshall standpoint 
But, uh, man, what, what this move does is it not only instantly strengthens the Sun Belt, but it destroys Conference USA. It's dead. Destroys them. It's dead. I mean, I, I, I see, you know. And even, I love it. Even the website we write for, and, and God bless WKU and, and Louisiana Tech. They're on, they're on that sinking ship. I mean, it's it's the Titanic. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say God bless Louisiana Tech? I Hold on. I say God bless as in, like, bless your heart. Okay. Like, okay. It, it, like they are playing the violin. I was, I was about to say. I was, I was about to say, Louisiana Tech deserves everything that they are getting out yeah. of this. But they are. It is like, ladies, you know, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure, right. and then they just start playing, and then the boat's going down. Like that's, and I don't even have that big of a beef against Louisiana Tech. I have no relationship with that team whatsoever. Like I wasn't in the Sun Belt when they. We weren't in the Sun Belt like when, when they dipped out and apparently like we're very, you know, vocal and everything about it. But from what I've read from like the Louisiana Tech like fan base, they are trying to justify why it's everyone else's fault. Oh, yeah. They're, they're blaming Southern Miss for the situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. Like what does Southern Miss have to do with your screw up? I just had a, I just had a, a like a question that just popped into my head. Okay. As a, as a website, Underdog Dynasty, do they continue to have a Conference USA podcast? They kill it, right? Well, I, I guess you would have to wait and see, because apparently Conference USA is trying to add schools from the FCS to put them at ten. So that they can continue being a football conference. Because okay. with, with with these teams going to the Sun Belt and going to the American, Conference USA is down to seven. Yeah. You need ten to play football. I mean, yeah. It, so, it sucks that they couldn't get... And for one them, school, it sucks for them that they couldn't get the Virginia schools that the Sun Belt reeled in. And, and one school that they're, they're really looking at is Tarleton State. So they have a football team? They do. Oh. Um, Tarleton State is in Stephenville, Texas. About I was 30- about to say, what state is Tarleton? I've, it's about, I'm, I'm rusty on my 50 it's about, states. It's about 30 minutes outside of um, outside of Dallas. Okay. Uh, but here's, here's the interesting thing. Conference USA is in conversation to get them. Two years ago, Tarleton State made the jump from D2 to FCS. Yeah. So in a two-year span, if they join Conference USA, they're going to make the jump from D2 to FCS to D1. In a two-year span. It's a hell of a jump. I don't see see where that works. I I don't see where that works out. I think that ends very, very poorly for Conference USA. Uh, I just had one last thing on the Sun Belt. Uh, I know we are a football centric podcast, but uh, thank you to Arkansas Little Rock and Texas Arlington for taking the bullet 
and getting kicked out of uh, the Sun Belt so that we could field multiple football, more football teams. Because yeah. <laughs> you guys not yeah. fielding a football team was single handedly the reason you got kicked out of the conference. 100%. 100%. Because <laughs> I've heard multiple times that the Sun Belt told them, they're like, look, you can stay, but you got to get a football program. And they were probably like, nah don't have any interest and it's like right. okay well, which, which, which was weird or whatever which was weird coming from arlington because arlington's had a football team in the past yeah and obviously the outskirts of dallas i mean that's such a football crazed area right how do you not have a football team like do, 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 you, do you just not want to compete with tcu and smu and north texas for for that area like is that is that what it is like how, how do you not have a football program in Texas? It's just mind-boggling I, to me. I don't know. But they, they were the they were the scapegoats, the fall guys that led to the Sun Belt I've heard, uh, expanding overall. I've heard that Little Rock is in talks with Conference USA to join as a non-football member. So basically what they were doing in the Sun Belt, but with Conference USA. So, I mean, more power to them. God bless them. All right. Hey. <laughs> Bless your heart. Bless your heart. God dang it. All right, Brian, man, before we go, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Watch the Stones. You can find me on Twitter at Miguez Matt. We will be back next week. In we'll see you guys next month. We will talk this crazy week of Sunbelt football. And then we'll also talk week 10, which, you know, looking at the early schedule. Has some interesting matchups. Georgia State, Louisiana, UL Monroe, Texas State, Coastal, Georgia Southern. We'll have a lot to talk about next it's week. It's interesting Brian. if you like attending funerals. <laughs> oh my God. I hold on real real quick before we go. I don't know if you saw. I had a tweet during the the, the App State Coastal Carolina game. And I mean this when I say it. I'm not even being like ironic or, or you know, whatever. I, I had a, pr- I had a, I had an idea. Okay. What if we present Jamie Chadwell with a scorecard before the game and it's like a blank check and they can just fill in whatever final score they wish and they can fill out the stats as they like. <laughs> and we just skip the three hours. Right. And everybody goes home happy. Right. Right. They can just fill in the scoreboard. Yeah, like a blank check. Like we meet at midfield. Here's the scorecard, Mr. Shadwell. Fill it out as you wish. Okay. What did you know? Grayson McCall threw for nine thousand yards in this game. Cool. Okay, we're we're going home after a two hundred thirty nine to zero. The final loss. score was five hundred to nothing. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Let's just yeah. And we skip the three hours that we have. You want to? You want to go grab a beer? <laughs> Let, let's talk about how we should have hired you, and instead we hired Tyson Summers. <laughs> And with that, this has been another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>